Welcome to The Friendly Show. Um, This is take two of yesterday's episode all about ADHD. Uh, I'm so excited for all of you guys to be here and to be listening. Um, So in case you missed yesterday, uh, what happened was we did the podcast and I tried to help my ADHD by putting the comments away until I was going to use them. And I didn't realize that there was a glitch in the system until like 45 minutes in. So I have figured out how I'm going to make sure that that doesn't happen again. So this show should be fabulous. Uh, The way that we're going to be doing the shows are Wednesday nights, every single Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time, we are going to have a podcast that is going to be live on Facebook, YouTube, I believe LinkedIn, um, potentially Twitch, and potentially Instagram. Um, I'm not 100% sure how to do those two yet. So sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But absolutely Facebook, YouTube, and uh, LinkedIn. And so you'll be able to um, be a part of the conversation. And what happens is I take the comments and I put them directly up on the screen and we talk about them uh, live. Now, what I'm going to also be doing is one other episode every single week, and that will be at random times. So I'm not going to necessarily announce it um, until that day. And what I want to do is just kind of play around with different times throughout the week um, and throughout the month. That way, potentially, everybody will be able to get a chance to be there live. Uh, If Wednesday doesn't work for everybody, then this will give them the opportunity to be able to be there. In that second show, that will be a little bit different. I'm not going to bring everybody's comments up right away. I am going to give some value-based information, either things that have been working for me, things that I've been learning. um, And I'm going to be discussing that first. And then what we'll do later on is we'll bring in the comments and have a uh, conversation later. The reason why I'm going to do it that way is for those of you that are listening in the audio version. So whether it's Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you are, thank you so much for listening. And I want to make sure that you get at least one episode a week that's a little bit more clear and cohesive. uh, So it's easier than the bouncing back and forth. So that being said, Let's, let me just make sure I can see the comments. Okay. So that being said, let's talk about ADHD. So here are some of the things that I've learned. I'm going to go through um, what the difference between ADD and ADHD is. I'm going to go through the different types of ADHD. I'm also going to go through what some of the symptoms are for um, the different subsets. Um, And then I'm also going to go through things that make symptoms worse and then coping mechanisms that can make it better. Okay. Uh, The reason why this came up is after last week's episode, I had mentioned that I have undiagnosed ADHD and one of my friends and listeners, hey, Jenny, uh, asked me, hey, how did you come to self-diagnose yourself? What were some of the things that you saw that made you think that this is where you were at? So while we're going through this, I do want to give the disclaimer, I am not at all a medical professional. This is not a podcast that is going to be helping you self-diagnose. All it's going to do is pretend that you and I are friends on a walk and I'm just sharing my experiences with you and sharing the things that I'm learning because that's what this podcast is going to be all about. It's going to be sharing and learning between you and I and the rest of our friends that are listening at that time. Okay, so what's the difference between ADD and ADHD? Nothing. They're actually the same. So I have, it's interesting because I've always said like, oh, I've got ADHD. Well, no, maybe I have ADD. Well, actually, I don't know. And what it is, is that ADD was the original uh, diagnosis. So that was the original disorder. It was attention deficit disorder. And then what they found is that they did more research. And that is one of the most heavily researched diagnosis or disorders among children, which is wonderful because they're learning so much every single day. So across the last couple of decades, when ADD first started, um, they have learned a lot. And what they found is that ADHD is a better kind of name for it because it's actually, instead of what I thought it was attention deficit hyperactive disorder, it's actually like attention deficit slash 
hyperactive disorder. Okay. So it, you could either just have an attention deficit disorder, or you could have a hyperactive disorder, um, or you could have a combination of both. And we're going to talk about that. So what they decided is that there was no significant difference between ADD and ADHD. So they scrapped the ADD. That's an outdated term now. It's okay if you still use it. Um, but medically, you won't hear it being used. Um, and so all of it lumps under ADHD, which I thought was really interesting. So now the three subtypes of ADHD. So those are ADHD-H for hyperactive. ADHD-I for inattentive or distractible, and then ADHD-C, which is a combined type, okay? So the ADHD-H, that's the hyperactive impulsive, um, and that is why I never really thought that I had ADHD. People would say, hey, have you ever looked into it? I think you might have ADHD because they knew what it was, but I was like, I can sit still. I'm not off the wall. I know that I can like not talk when it's time not to talk. And so that was my perception of what ADHD was, that it was like a very hyper impulsive type of, of being. Okay. Well, in fact, that is actually the least common type, but it's the type that, you know, you kind of relate to. And I'd be curious if you thought the same thing. So the ADHD-I, the inattentive and distractible, that is when you present having problems focusing and I'll go through a whole bunch of the symptoms, but you have no hyperactivity. And that also is not as common, but there are people that are just inattentive, but you're not going to find them to be fidgety. So then the third subtype, and like I said, this now is going to be the most common character, like most common type, it's ADHD-C and it's combined. So you'll see people that have a little bit of both in them. Um, and still, you might, I've never heard it called ADHD, H, I, or C. I've just heard the bulk ADHD, but um, this distinction really like totally makes sense to me. So ADHD-C, the combined, that's most common, like the characteristic of it is for impulsive and hyperactive behaviors, and you also have inattention and uh, distractibility. Uh, I was trying to look in to see what the causes of ADHD are. Uh, there's still a lot of research that needs to be done in this area. They do think that there is a genetic component to it. It's funny that when I did the podcast last night, I had my cousin reach out to me and she said, Lee, I really do think you probably have it. And she says, I probably have it. And I think, you know, a couple of our cousins have it. So we definitely see it in our family. And we kind of, what I did at least is I was like, that's just the way that we are. Like, you know, it's, it's just a family trait, but I'm realizing that it actually is like a disorder that we've all learned to deal with. So that's another reason why people get diagnosed so late is because we're not really thinking that it's an issue because we're learning tactics and ways to handle what's going on. So we just don't really know any better, really, a lot of the time. Unless you're diagnosed as a kid and the teacher is more aware of, hey, this is the way that they're presenting and maybe they have this issue but if you don't have that as a kid, and especially when we were growing up, we didn't have that um, where teachers really understood that. It was just like the loud kid or the anxious kid or just, you know, it wasn't a diagnosis on it. So what we did is as kids, at least for me, you, you may do like you figured out what wasn't working and then you tried to make it work. So for me, um, like thinking back, one of the things was because I had a hard time focusing is my parents still tease me that I was like the only kid that had a backpack. Well, maybe not the only kid, but like one of the only kids that had a backpack that was like bigger than me. I don't know how I didn't fall over going to school. And the reason, and this happened in grade school, but it also happened in high school. In high school, especially we had lockers. And so people would you know, keep their books in their locker and they would only take the books that they needed for homework home with them. 
Um, and even that, sometimes they wouldn't bring their books because they wouldn't need it. They'd be able to do their homework without it, whatever. I knew that I was going to have a hard time focusing and I was afraid that I was going to miss something. So I always brought every single subject's textbook, notebook, everything home with me every single day. So no wonder I have shoulder pain. That's probably part of it. (laughs) And I did that every single day at school. Now, you didn't think that that was a problem because it was just like, oh, that's just a quirk that Leanne does. And later in life, now I'm realizing that was part of my coping. So then I wouldn't lose out. So I wouldn't miss out. So I'd be able to have all the information in front of me. So we'll go through that. I also want to let you know, if you are watching this live, let me just make sure that I'm in the comments. If you are watching this live, even though I'm not going to be bringing the comments up while we're talking this way, I do want you to be able to comment as if we're having a conversation because otherwise you might forget what you want to say or what you want to ask. Or, you know, as I'm going through the symptoms, you might be like, yeah, this is this is how it presents for me or this is what I have found. And I would love, love, love for you to be able to put those comments in there so then I can see them. Um, And then at the end of the show, we'll leave about 10, 15 minutes and we'll bring them up and we'll have discussion around those. Okay. So don't feel, okay. Don't feel like you're distracting me by doing that. I'm going to really work on my focus, uh, but I do want to see them in the comments. Okay. So symptoms of the the two different types and then understanding that if you have a little bit of both, you could still have ADHD. Um, if you have like from both categories. But what I do want to say is that if you if you're presenting with, you know, a few of these that I say, it might just be that you're really busy or it might just be that you are not getting your sleep or it might just be. So if you have a couple of these, don't think, oh, my gosh, I have ADHD. Um, you have to really this has to be kind of like um it's impairing your functioning at home and at school or at work. Like it's it's starting to be a problem with your how you're pre- how you're presenting, how you're taking care of your job or your work or school or whatever that is. Um, if it's something that you've got a complete handle on and you don't have to go to extra um, extra ways of of coping with it, then you probably don't have ADHD. But it's just interesting to see kind of the differences. So the inattentive. Um, So the inattention, that's characterized as difficulty sustaining your attention. So for long periods of time, it's difficulty listening to others. That's a big one for me. So I can, if we're in a conversation, I can focus on listening to you. However, If I'm like at a dinner table and there's like two or three different conversations happening around me, my mom is really good at like being able to be like, yeah, Beth, absolutely. Oh, Christy. Yeah, I heard what you're saying. Like she can manipulate or not manipulate these conversations, but she can like um, be a part of all of these conversations and like pick pieces. I don't know how she does it. I cannot. So if there's a couple different conversations, what happens to me a lot is Unless I am like 100% focused on you and our conversation, if I'm trying to hear the other conversations that are happening and not eavesdropping just at a, you know, like a ladies luncheon when everybody's having conversation and everybody thinks everybody's listening to everything, I'm actually not hearing any of it because I'm trying to listen to you, but then also trying to catch what, you know, Christy said on the other side of the table. And instead of catching a little bit of both, I actually don't end up catching any of it. So also when like at the retreat, I was at a mastermind retreat on the weekend. And what I did, because I know this to be me, is one of my coping mechanisms is I tell the people around me how I how I function. So I was like, okay, I don't want you to think that I'm ignoring you. But when there's a speaker, I'm going to be 100% focused on that speaker. So if you have something that you want to kind of tell me or ask me or whatever, can you please just wait or write it down and then we can discuss like during break? Because otherwise, I'll listen to you and I'll try to listen to the speaker and I actually won't get either one of them. I'll, I'll miss both of them. And that's really, really helpful um, because then it just kind of sets the expectation and you're able to, at least for me, 
again, all of this is just my experience. Uh, I'm able to focus more on the speaker, knowing that I'm not hurting anybody's feelings by ignoring them. Even if they try to talk to me, they realize like, oh, shoot, no, she's focusing, right? So that's that. Difficulty listening to others. Um, Another one, difficulty attending to details. That's a big one for the inattention. And what I want to say on that one, if you know that you have an inability to or a difficulty attending to the details, that doesn't really give you an excuse to just hurry up and do things and not, um, not present your best work. Okay. So for me, and now there's medication that can help you focus. There's therapies that can help you focus. For me, what I do a lot of the time, and maybe medication would help me more, I'm not sure, but what I do is I double and triple check my work. So it does take me a little bit longer to do things. It's funny when we're doing designs, I'm a kitchen designer, and when we're designing kitchens, um, and we're going through things, you know, I work with mom, it's mom's business. And when we're working together on a design, she'll be like, okay, we're good to go. Like that is beautiful. Everything is going to work. Everything's going to be great. And then she knows Leanne's going to go and just double check everything just one more time, just making sure that the numbers calculate just one more time. And that's my way of just making sure that I'm presenting the best possible solution for my clients. And Now, my mom doesn't have to do that because she's really good at looking at all of it. And I should be able to say, okay, well, mom's reviewed it. She's okay. But that's just a little quirk of mine that I want to make sure that I understand it all and that I've double checked my work. So if I didn't double check my work, I probably would miss things. And I have missed things that if I'm doing something on my own and I don't have that fallback of, you know, my mom or a coworker or whatever, uh, I'm if I don't double check, I have missed things. And that's why I know that I have this part of the ADHD. But instead of just putting it in and submitting it and saying, well, that's just me. I've got ADHD. I make sure that I double and tri- triple check. And if it's something really important, I have somebody else check my work. So um, let's see what else they have. Uh, some of the other things that they're saying is that you're easily distracted. That's one of mine. I'm very much, you know, shiny syndrome or whatever they call it. And that is actually why last night when I did the podcast, I put the comments away because I knew that I would be distracted. So I thought that that was my coping, which it was. However, what I didn't realize is that if there's a glitch in the system, I'm not going to be able to see that glitch. There's not going to be an error that pops up on the screen. It's just not going to be working. So now, I know that that coping mechanism won't work for me because I need to make sure that the screen doesn't go black. So that being said, that's kind of one of those things that you just have to experiment with all of these things that we're going to use. So anything that I'm going to say to you that like this works for me, it might not necessarily work for you, but try it, experiment with it and see if it works for you. And don't try it just once. Try it for like a week or two weeks and see if if that coping will help you. So for me, if I didn't learn from that, then I would go and just put the comments away and then the problem might persist. It might happen the next time. And I could say, well, that's my ADHD. I guess I didn't catch it, but that's not fair to the people that are listening. So you want to make sure that you're looking to see how those comments are coming in. So now you can hear the way that my voice was right now because we did have a comment come through. And I got a little bit distracted. So, but it's totally fine because this is going to kind of sharpen. It's going to be iron sharpening iron. It's going to be, I'm going to have these issues and I'm going to just have to work at them. So I'm excited about seeing how I progress with this podcast because on the off days that it's not an attend, um, like a audience show, it's one of these shows. I'm going to be having to work on my focus, which is really, really cool to me. And the last podcast that we did, Mike and I, um, that's why I always put all of the comments up whenever I was doing the show on my own, because I didn't want to have to worry about not like focusing on you and not on the comments. Um, So I just used it as part of the show and they would just pop up right away. So in the inattentive, there's also forgetfulness. So things like 
losing your phone all the time, losing your keys, losing your glasses, things that you need and constantly losing them, right? Now, that happens to all of us. All of us from time to time. I know for me, like I've had glasses on and I spend five minutes looking for my glasses, right? Like that happens to all of us. That doesn't mean that you have ADHD. That means that your brain is somewhere else. Maybe you're getting ready for vacation and you're, you know, packing and doing all this stuff and you're just like flustered. Um, So if these one-offs happen occasionally, you probably don't have anything that you really have to worry about. But if it's happening a lot, that's when you know that there's an issue. And so I'll give you an example. I was at this mastermind in Texas this weekend and there were 20 ladies there and they're all, they're just such fabulous women. And nobody really gave me flack for it, but I lost my phone and not lost it, misplaced it at least six times or seven times over the course of the weekend to the point that I had to be like, where was I? Because I was, what was happening is I was talking to somebody put the phone down on the countertop or on the table or wherever I am. Then somebody else catches my attention. I move my conversation from this person to that person. I leave the area and now my phone is sitting on the the countertop and then I start going on with my day and I'm not on my phone. So then by the time I need it, I was like, where was it? At least six or seven times, probably more. At one point, one morning, I was so tired that it happened three times within 15 minutes. Once I left them in a complete different like part of the house, it was just ridiculous. So that is part of that inattention. Um, And that's like, if that happens that many times, you have an issue. And so what I need to get good about and what I'm usually good at if I'm actually leaving the room is I look back. So when I was on the plane, I looked back and made sure pockets, chair underneath was all gone. Like there's nothing there, right? When I leave a room, when I leave a restaurant, when I leave a coffee shop, you'll see me as I'm walking away from the table, I'll go back and do a double check and make sure that everything is there. When I leave a hotel room, I'm checking every closet, every drawer, just in case I thought it was a good idea to put something somewhere and then I can't find it, right? So um, just putting these things in place is really helpful. Uh, Having um, poor organizational skills. So this is interesting because if you have poor organizational skills, uh, that's a sign that you've got ADHD I, okay? But what's going to help you is to use tools to help with your organization. So for me, having these types of tools are good But sometimes we need to use another tool to remind ourselves that we have that tool. And for those of you that have ADHD like me, I think you know what I'm saying, that it's one thing to say that, hey, I've got, you know, everything's in my calendar and I'm super organized. However, if you don't remember to look at your calendar, you might as well not even have it, right? So sometimes we need to have tools to remind ourselves that we have the tools. And so one of those things can be having a calendar filled with all of your stuff is great, but also put in, especially Google has this and it's really good. They have alarms that you can put in there that are, you'll get the alarm, you know, 30 minutes before you'll also get another alarm five minutes before, like have those set up because the way that our brain works when we have ADHD is we'll get the alarm, like at least for me, I'll get the alarm 30 minutes before And that's great. So now I remember it. But then I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to finish this one thing. And I'm realizing that I'm just going to finish this one thing is like detrimental to my brain because then that one thing turns into my new focus. And now I'm hyper focused on that. And then I will totally forget that thing that's coming in half an hour. So having that extra five minute reminder will knock you back out and say, hey, remember where you're supposed to be? So Now, in my years of having this, it's not as significant because I'm used to these things that I've put into place. So my clients probably don't even notice it. They, you know, I'm on time for all my appointments. I make all the calls when I'm supposed to. Um, You know, I follow up more than most people do. So I have all of this customer service and all of this like down to a science. So the people on the other end don't see it. But if you saw what that entails for me on the other end, 
then you would be able to see that I have the issue. Does that make sense? So um, now that was for the ADHD I. So now the hyperactivity and impulsive impulsivity, those are both into the ADHD H. Okay. So these are like often interrupting people. Uh, so when or blurting out answers, like it's not your turn to talk in society, but you just like can't help yourself. And so you're constantly like you're just impulsive in the way that you speak, in the way that you are with people. That is the ADHD H or combined. You might have a little bit of that where you just can't help yourself. The other one is uh, taking risks. Now, I I take risks, but usually they're calculated. I'm a very I like to take risks. Um, but only like if they're calculated risks. But if you're the type of person that you're not even going to think about the consequences and you're just going to go do it, you're just going to go run out in, you know, in front of traffic, that could be an issue. Now, for me, I thought, well, that doesn't even affect me. Like, that's not my thing. However, one of the examples was you'll run a red light if you think you can get away with it. I am really bad for that. Like the yellow does not mean slow down. The yellow means speed up and see if you can get through. Now with all the cameras, not so much. I'm doing much better. Um, (laughs) But I guess I do have a little bit of that impulsivity. So it's interesting to learn all of this stuff so then you can see where you sit. Um, And then the hyperactivity is like somebody that's always like you're always fidgety. Like you always have to be moving. And you know those people that are just like always like this. Uh, I talk with my hands. That's the Maltese in me. Uh, is it part of ADHD? Maybe, but I don't think so. This part of it is um, is part of my culture. However, the my foot constantly going like this, that's part of the hyperactive part of it. And sometimes I'm doing it so much that it like shakes the table and my mom will be like, can you please move your knee away from the table? Um, so that's the hyperactivity part of it talking excessively, um, like more of like a nervous type of thing. That's the hyperactivity part of it. Uh, difficulty engaging in like quiet settings, you know, church libraries, those kinds of things. They make you feel like really anxious. That's part of it. Um, also losing and forgetting things repeatedly. Uh, so that's part of it. Inability to stay on task. So the, um, the other one, the HDA, ADHD I, that's more like not being able to stay focused for like a prolonged period of time where the ADHD H is more like you're just shifting from task to task without completing anything. Okay. So that being said, that's kind of the three areas. And then ADHD C is like combining. So like, you're like, I do a lot of those things and they're from all three categories, um, or two categories, but I kind of separated the impulse part and the hyperactive part. Um, so if you have a lot of those, then you probably have combined. And like I said, that's the the most common type of ADHD. And it was only after, so how I self-diagnosed was the last couple of years, like through book club and all this kind of thing. I've really been doing a lot of like self, um, not diagnosis, but like self-awareness. I've been really trying to like see things that I'm not like too keen on the way that I handle things. How can I get better at it? And why is this happening? And it's funny because Mike, he has been, he's been telling me for years. I'm like, can you just tell me what's wrong with me? Like he's a therapist. So like, I know he sees it all. I was like, you just tell me what's wrong and how do I fix it? Like, just give me the Coles notes version. So then I could just like improve myself and be done with it. Right. And it was the right answer, but he was like, you'll know when you know. You just need to do the work for it, okay? And it did anger me a little bit in the beginning because I was like, what's the sense of, you know, being with a therapist if you're not going to get free work? But he was right. I needed to do the work on my own. And so as I was seeing this, I would just ask him questions like, oh, my gosh, do you think I might have anxiety? Yeah, I do. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, do you think I might have ADHD? because I started walking with um, one of my friends. And actually, let me make sure that this is this is still working because it looks like it is. Yes. Okay. Just wanted to double check. Um, so I started walking with one of my friends and she, I don't know if she's been actually diagnosed or if she 
I'm not sure where she sits with that, but she's pretty clear that she has ADHD. And it was funny because the question, the conversations that we were having, I was like, well, I do that. Well, I do that. And she's like, yeah, because you have ADHD. Like she saw it so clearly in me that like she just assumed that I knew. Um, and the more that I'm telling people, people are not surprised by it. People around me are not like, really? Tell me more. They're like, you're just finding this out now. You're 44 years old and you're just getting this. So it's really, really interesting. So now, what are some of the what are some of the things that make our symptoms worse? Okay. So this is, I've said this on, I don't know if I said it on the first show, but I've definitely said it on uh, First Day Pod when we were doing those shows. Exercise 100% makes our symptoms worse. They just do. Um, a lot of the ADHD problem happens when we don't have high, high enough levels of dopamine. There's a lot of things that are going into it and why we have it. Um, diet and exercise are two of the biggest things that may not be causing ADHD, but they absolutely do not help it. So your symptoms will be exacerbated if you do not exercise and do not exercise daily. So that was a big game changer for me because I knew that my focus and my energy changed significantly when I would exercise first thing in the morning, every single morning. If I miss a day, I can see the difference in my focus that day. So it's not like you know, if you're working out and you're working to like build your muscle or you're you're working on a, a certain reason for your health, like your physical health, you can stand and probably need to take breaks. Okay. So like you can't you can't work your muscles every single day. They need time to repair. However, getting just moderate walking in every single day for our ADHD is paramount and necessary every single day. You can't say, well, I just did it for the four past days. And so today I can have a break off. Yes, you can take a break, but you're going to see it in your focus and your, your energy. Sugar, huge, huge impact in our ability to focus just as regular human beings, even if you don't have ADHD, but if you have ADHD, look out. Okay. So sugar is like a big no-no. Do I still eat it? Of course I do but I can tell the difference and I can tell dramatically and almost instantly. The next thing that they say that increases your symptoms and makes it worse is skipping breakfast. So if you don't have your breakfast, it's hard to focus. I know this is true in children, um, especially in children. So I remember we were doing a lot of volunteering with schools in the like inner city here and in Detroit. And one of the big things that we did was provide breakfast because a lot of the kids they were presenting like they had ADHD, but in fact, they actually just didn't have the nutrients in order to focus. So that's why breakfast is really important. I'll tell you, I don't necessarily agree with that only because I have found that intermittent fasting has worked phenomenally for me and my focus. So for me, I don't have breakfast. I have breakfast foods. I love eggs. Um, so I will have eggs usually for lunch, um, but I will not eat before 11 o'clock in the morning. And I usually don't eat past seven o'clock at night. I do adjust them. I'm not like a drill sergeant. If I'm out with friends and, you know, we're out for dinner and we don't end up eating until seven 30 or eight o'clock, I'm not going to say, well, I just can't eat. I'm past my window. However, if we go out and have dinner and I'm eating at 7 or at 6.30 and then dessert time is at 8 o'clock and that's my choice, I will choose not to finish. Like I will choose not to have that dessert because I know that the sugar will affect me and I'm breaking into my window and I just don't want to. Um, so I'm iffy about that skipping breakfast. But what I would suggest for you is knowing that this could potentially be an issue experiment with it and don't experiment with it for a day. Experiment with it for a week or two or three weeks or in 2024 or whenever you're listening to this, take a month by month experiment. Figure something out that you want to kind of focus on and then just keep doing it and focusing on it so then you see if it works for you. Because if you try it once and it doesn't work, it probably won't work the first time. Uh, the next thing is a messy room or messy office. This one, I cannot, I cannot say enough about this. So having a messy office or a messy home or especially a messy bedroom is a sign that your ADHD is not controlled, that you're not doing a good job with your ADHD, okay? 
and I'm not judging my bedroom right now. My desk is full of stuff. And that's a sign that my ADHD is not controlled, that I'm having a hard time with it. And I'm having a hard time with my schedule. I know that and I'm making, I'm fixing it. However, it's also a double-edged sword because what it's also doing is it's making my ADHD worse. So what I would suggest is trying to take that time to get that control back, making sure that at least your bedroom is organized and clean, making sure that your office is organized and clean. It will help you tremendously. And here's the thing. If it's affecting you and your productivity is low and so you're not working at your optimal, then you're kidding yourself if you say, I don't have time to clean it up. Because if it's only going to take half an hour or an hour to tidy everything up, your productivity will increase. And so you'll actually get more done in less time if you have a clean office. So also inbox zero is a huge thing. It's hard to do, but it's very easy that if you don't do it, then it'll turn into a hundred emails that are just sitting in your inbox that you're I'll get to one day and it's overwhelming. And all of that sensory is just, it's hard for you. So inbox zero, I highly, highly recommend in keeping a clean office and at least tidying it up before you leave for the day. So when you come back, you start with a clean slate. Being on the wrong meds also will make your symptoms worse. So there's a lot of meds out there that that treat different parts of the ADHD. So you need to be working with your doctor. Your doctor can only help you as much as you're your own advocate. It's just true in anything. You guys know that I, my sister, she's in remission, but she's got Crohn's, uh, actually Crohn's colitis. And we like, that's our biggest charity. But one of the number one things that we say is you need to be your own advocate when you go to the doctor and saying your symptoms. And the same thing is with ADHD. You can't be lying to your doctor and say, yeah, I think I got it all under control, doc. Like we're good. These meds are great. And you know they're not helping you. So you need to be telling them like what parts are really debilitating for you. Is it the the inability to focus Or is it the fact that you're always fidgety and you can never stand still and then that's leading into poor sleep and all of the rest of it? Be aware so you can be your own advocate when you go to your doctor and then switching up your meds with your doctor's help will help. So if it takes us longer for us to be able to do all of these things, what I did personally is I took that extra time from my sleep because I was like, okay, well... I need to do all this extra stuff and I'm not going to be able to take it anywhere else. So I'm going to, instead of sleeping eight to nine hours, I'm just going to sleep four or five. The problem with that is that sleep makes, like lack of sleep makes your symptoms so much worse. So now it would have been better off for me to say, okay, you know what? I can't do this extra work. It's going to take me longer and I'll have to start it again tomorrow and actually get my sleep because then when I come back to that task, I'll actually be more alert and be able to focus. So making sure that you prioritize your sleep is going to be huge if you have ADHD. It's huge regardless. Every human needs our sleep. And if you're telling yourself that you can live on less, tell your organs that, tell your brain that. Um, please, please, please be looking into that and do an experiment with yourself that you sleep for eight hours for a month. Try it and then see how you function. And if you're functioning worse, then great. You might be one of those people that can get away with four or five hours. I kept telling myself that I could get away with four to five hours. And I'm going to tell you, it was awful. My focus was awful. My weight was awful. Everything was awful. Sleep changes everything. Um, So the other thing is, is quitting therapy. Just like with dieting, you know, you diet or you start exercising or you start doing whatever that's good for your body. And when I say diet, I don't mean fad diets. I mean taking, you know, um, taking control of what you're consuming. So you're consuming nutrition. So you're consuming, you know, quantities that you actually need. If you're working on, if you're working on that and then you start seeing results, it's human nature for us to say, well, you know what? Maybe I don't need to exercise seven days a week. Maybe I could just exercise two days a week. Or, well, you know what? All these this food was really working well for me or drinking half my weight in water was really working well for me. But you know what? I got to my goal and maybe I just don't need that much. And so human nature will kind of 
um, get us to stop doing the things that got us to where we wanted to be. And the same thing is with therapy. With therapy for ADHD, it really is helpful, especially when it's combined with medication. Uh, But once we start feeling in control of our ADHD, then we feel like, you know what, maybe I can quit the therapy. And that is one of the things that can make things a lot worse because it's little things that end up starting to happen that you don't notice right away. And then you become that you're in it like too deep, you know? So that, and then too much screen time. There's been, um, there's been research that too much screen time can lead to worsening of symptoms of ADHD, especially if you're doing it before you go to bed. This again is the same, even if you don't have ADHD, not great to be on your screens before bed, but especially with people with ADHD because the sleep is so important for our brain. If you're on your phone or your tablet or whatever before you go to bed, there is a million studies or there are a million studies out there that it absolutely disrupts your sleep. And so even if you're getting eight hours of shut eye, you are not getting eight hours of sleep. So do yourself a favor and fix that. And then I'm going to end with, um, I'm going to end with some coping mechanisms that can absolutely help ADHD, uh, structured routines and schedule. This I'm learning I need, um, and I fought like tooth and nail through school. I did not want to be on a schedule. I did not want to be on a routine in my twenties, in my thirties, even in my early forties, I said, no, I'm a creative. I can't be tied down to a schedule. I was on a schedule for work, for clients, because it's necessary. But for the rest of the things that I wanted to do in my life, I just, I wasn't into it. And I knew that morning routines were really important for people. And I just wasn't into it. I was like, I'll wake up when I wake up. I'll go to bed when I go to bed. I love getting, you know, into um, staying up until two o'clock in the morning because nobody's bothering you and you get so much done. And then I'll wake up at six o'clock in the morning and get more done and I'll get a solid four hours. That's what I called it. I got a solid four hours. It was so dangerous. So having scheduled uh, schedules and structured routines for morning routines, for night routines, for how you handle clients, for how you handle things, it will clear up so much mental space that it will absolutely help your symptoms. Um, so other coping mechanisms are like visual aids and reminders. One example of that, what I do is, let's say I'm doing laundry and I put the laundry into the washing machine. It obviously I'm going to have to know when to go and do it for the, like bring it into the dryer. But even if I hear the like buzzer, the buzzer will go off and I'll be like, okay, I'm just going to do this one thing, right? I'm going to do this one thing and then I'll get back to it. And then I do the one thing, totally forget about it. And then it's midnight and I'm like, oh man, the laundry's still in the washing machine. That is like a big, there's actually a YouTube, not YouTube. There's a podcast of a couple that I think that's, it's called dirty laundry because of that, because the one, the wife or the husband has ADHD and she's always leaving the, the laundry in the washing machine. So, um, That's a a normal thing that a lot of people go through when they have it. What I do is I have the basket and I put it right next to me wherever I am. If I'm still at the desk working or if I'm watching, you know, like something on on, um, Netflix or whatever, I don't do that often enough, but I'm going to get to it because I do want to have more downtime. But I'll put the laundry basket next to me. So when I get up to go to the bathroom, go get water, whatever, I bang into the laundry. It reminds me there's laundry downstairs and I can go check on it. Um, So putting different visual aids will help you. I'll give you a disclaimer, though. Putting a post-it note on your computer will not help if you leave it there for more than two or three days or a week tops. Because what will happen is our brain is created that it will get rid of all of the sensory around you so then you can focus on what's at hand. So like when you walk into a room, you aren't noticing all the books on the bookshelf. You aren't noticing all the photos on the wall unless you go in to look at them. But when you just walk into a room to do something, or if you walk into, let's say the dining room to eat, you're not looking at all the glass in the china cabinet, right? That all just becomes part of the room and your brain doesn't even notice it anymore. And the same goes with the post-it note. So if the post-it note is on your mirror and it's been there for a year, 
you're probably not even noticing it. Unless you you physically have gotten into the habit of reading it out loud, you're probably not noticing it. So that pot that post-it note strategy is only good if you're actually writing out a post-it note that day that you need and putting it in front of you. Um the other some of the other coping mechanisms that will help is goal setting and task prioritization. So what I find helpful is before you end your day, pick the top three things that you are going to accomplish the next day and then start with those top three. So you, I know we all have a list that's a million items long, but pick the top three that when you go to bed tomorrow night, you're going to feel accomplished that you finished those top three because chances are you're going to get distracted. So do them in order of priority. Number one, then number two, then number three. So if you only end up doing one, you got the most important one done. Uh, Mindfulness and relaxation techniques, those will help to calm the mind and for you to be able to focus. That's why I highly, highly, highly recommend getting outside in nature for your exercise in the morning. Being in nature, there is nothing like it. So It's just there's so much abundance and yet it's not overwhelming. It's actually calming. So I highly recommend that and your sunlight within your first um, 90 minutes of waking up, getting at least 15 minutes of the sunlight, Uh, support groups, therapy, being with people that also have ADHD so then you can see that you're not alone and use the tips that they have. This friend circle, the friendly circle um, is going to be really helpful for that. Um, obviously also medication, CBT therapy, there's, um, there's all kinds of things. And then creating healthy habits, exercise, diet, sleep, stress, all of that, that will all help. Um, and then two last things that helped me tremendously, actually three of them, one binaural beats for focus. So that is a, um, it's at a certain Hertz level. I don't can't explain it, but there's um there's tones that you can listen to that actually will help your brain focus or help your brain get energized or help your brain. It's really, really fascinating. So it'll get you to a different state. Um, and so I use binaural beats with my headphones if I'm really supposed to like kind of focus on something. It helps drown everything else out and get me into the the zone. Also, Pomodoro technique. There's an app um, that you can use. And what the Pomodoro technique is, is that you do um, a focused session for 25 minutes and you do not do anything else. You don't answer phones. You don't answer emails. You don't get on notifications. You just do your focused work for 25 minutes and then you take a five minute break. And these apps will set it up that it's automatically like giving you those prompts so you know where you're at. So you don't even have to think about like setting an alarm for 25 and then five and then, and you do that three times, that cycle. And then on your fourth time, you can have a longer break, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. That is really, really helpful because during those focus times, you're not worrying about all the other things. You're just staying on task. And so at the end of the day, you could get, you know, five hours of focused work and you will have accomplished way more than if you were sitting there eight or nine hours without that focused work. Uh, And then the other thing is caffeine. Caffeine for people with ADHD, it doesn't work for everybody, but a lot of people I know it helps me. It will help you focus. But a disclaimer with that is you do not want to have caffeine within the first 90 minutes of waking up. It is an adenosine blocker. And what happens is you don't get rid of the adenosine in your body that makes you feel drowsy for up to 45 minutes to 90 minutes from the time you wake up. So if it blocks that adenosine, then what happens is you take that caffeine and then you Um, And then the caffeine wears off, the coffee wears off, and now it's like 10 o'clock in the morning and you need your second or third or fourth cup of coffee to keep going because you're feeling sluggish. Where if you let your body just release all of the adenosine, then 90 minutes later, you have your caffeine. You don't need to have more. I used to be coffee all the time. Now I have one Americano and I'm good. I'm good. Uh, And it helps me. And if I don't have caffeine, it's funny because if I don't have caffeine, I can feel it in my focus. And so if I'm getting really like squirrely, then I think, did I have my caffeine today? And it's like, oh, shoot, no, I didn't. And I'll have my coffee. So anyway, so that is all she wrote on that. There was 
a lot. These ones, these podcasts are going to be more like um, kind of, I guess, maybe preachy or podcasty. Um, but that's why we're always going to follow it up with the Wednesday where we can talk and like kind of dive into what we talked about. So uh, I've only got a couple of comments on this, so I don't know if it's working or not working, but uh, Michael DeFazio, hello from... There we go. From um, DeFazio. Is it DeFazio? Oh my gosh. Now why am I blanking? Anyway, uh, Reclaimed Artistry. He's an incredible artisan that works with wood in Windsor. Um, Absolutely incredible. And then he also said, I have the same problem. I did see that come up. And that's when he was talking about the focus um, in the very beginning of this, actually. So uh, I love you guys so, so much. I do want to let you know that, and I will say this on Wednesday as well, probably for the next couple of weeks. Um, we do have the Patreon up, which I'm super, super excited about. We do have a couple people that are already there. I've got to do a better job of letting you guys know about it because that is going to be the friend circle where we're going to have a lot of extra things going on. There's three tiers. However, in January and February, uh, just join at the first tier. It's a $9 tier. Um, that's $9 Canadian. So I think it's like six bucks American. Join at that tier. Um, but for January and February, I am going to be giving everybody all the benefits of tier three. Okay. So you only have to sign up for the first tier each month and you'll get all the benefits of tier three um, because I am going to be taking, you know, a little bit of time for me to get used to that and offering all of that that work. Um, there's a lot in it. There's a book club in it. There's masterminds in it. There's uh, extra podcasts. There's a lot of things that you get at that third tier. Uh, and so I want to be able to offer that to all of you guys for the beginning. You guys are here at the very beginning. So I want to give you guys that, excuse me, at the very first tier. And then I'll be all through January and all through February. So that is it. Um, I love you guys so much. I will see you Wednesday at eight. So tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, If you guys have any ideas of like what you want to be listening to, if you have any questions, any of that kind of stuff, you can come on the show live. We are going to be on YouTube, Facebook, uh, and LinkedIn, potentially Twitch and Instagram if I can figure those out. And that is about it. I love you and I cannot wait to see you tomorrow. Bye.